We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Your latest adaption of Carson's Corner here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Ryan Roberts, Director of Recruiting here at IrishBreakdown.com. Joined, as always, by Mr. Carson Hobbs, cornerback commits in the 2024 class to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. On last week's episode, if you missed that one, we talked a lot about Carson's official visit to Notre Dame and just kind of some of his relationships that he's been developing with other commits and non-committed players in the 2024 class. Carson, catching you right after a little bit of a long day of practice and lifting, and I think you had your training as well, man. How, how's, how's the summer been so far? I know it's been probably super busy for you from a preparation perspective. Uh, the weather's been terrible. I mean, it's cloudy every day. Has been really a lot of sun, but, you know, the grind has been the same as it was every other year to stand staying intact with not only my weights, but my training and studying the game. So I think that's been some of the most important things that I've been doing in the offseason, just kind of stay prepared and in the loop of everything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And I know that you have a few really talented players coming back on top of yourself. Like we talked about Jordan Marshall a lot on this show. That's going to Michigan, the running back, who's a fantastic player in 2024 as well. Uh, what is your, just your early thoughts on the team that you guys have coming back? I know historically Archbishop Moeller is obviously a, a great program, but how, how do you feel about the team that you guys have coming back this year? Uh, you know, just a lot of young guys are going to have to step up. Uh, we lost a lot of seniors, so. You know, I'm excited to see for myself exactly how we're going to do. I'm not, I'm really not sure. So I think it's, it's up in the air. I mean, we do have the potential to make a run for something special, but it just depends whether, you know, we can stay, you know, disciplined and focused throughout the whole season. All right. Have you felt like you have taken like a big step forward this offseason as far as from like the leadership role now that you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You and Jordan, I'm assuming, are kind of like the, the guys on the team as far as like the leadership perspective. Yeah. It's awesome, man. And I know that we're going to obviously talk a lot about season previews at some point on this show, obviously giving them a little insight into the Archbishop Moeller schedule. Maybe we'll break down at one point, but wanted to have a little bit of a fun discussion today. Uh, three segments for you all today. So number one, thought it would be kind of cool because the, the interesting part of this dynamic is I'm 31 years old. I'm a little bit older than Carson, obviously. So I have a little bit of a different perspective of football as far as the players I grew up watching comparative to who Carson obviously is gravitate towards as a, fo- as a football lover of the game. Right? right. So first segment, we're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of football players, not necessarily the best of all time, but our favorites. So we're going to create our Mount Rushmore second. And I think that an Irish breakdown nation, Ivy nation is really going to love this. We're going to talk a little bit about man versus zone coverage and kind of what some keys are po- pre-snap and, what Carson's looking for and what his approach is on a snap-to-snap basis. And then number three, of course, is Carson's random topic of the week. Try to give him the floor to discuss whatever is on his mind this coming week. So, Carson, Mount Rushmore, for people that don't know, and uh, it's not much of a historical buff thing. It's just kind of general knowledge. That means we have four figures on our Mount Rushmore, obviously out there in South Dakota, for – players that I guess have stuck with us for for lack of a better term, right? Guys that we really right. gravitate towards. So I'm, let's go back and forth here. I'm going to give you your first pick. Your Mount Rushmore of football players and your the, your favorites. Who would be your first guy? Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Why Jalen? I need to hear the reasoning behind it. I just love his personality and his swag to him. And I love his physicality. I mean, he comes down and he'll stick somebody – no matter if it's a tight end or a running back, he's going to hit you every time. You know what's interesting about Jalen, and I'm curious if you think that you have potential in this area as far as the versatility, because Jalen played like 
So in college at Florida State, he played safety, safety. he played corner, he was everywhere. And then in his NFL career, he's been mostly an outside corner, but then during the end of his Rams tenure there, he starts playing nickel. He starts playing a little bit inside, playing a little bit inside out. That was the try to line him up on. They said the best receiver every game, which it made sense because he is the best cover corner, I think. Yeah. I I think he's top two of all time. That's just me. Wow. I I think y'all got to watch where he lined up again. That's all. I I can't say too much about it because – I know even about the Jordan and LeBron argument, I got a lot of hate. So I'm not even going to comment too much on it. In my opinion, he's a top two cover corner ever. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll save you from the the, uh, the 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 fire that Twitter becomes sometimes of right. uh, controversy. So right. we'll save it from you. Uh, let me ask you this, Carson, because this was one of my – I remember when I was talking to J.C. Horn when he was coming out. I told him that my favorite thing about his game – was I think that the NFL specifically is going to a very matchup dictated league. Like kind of how you said where Jalen Ramsey's going against the best receiver of all time. These corners now, the Jair Alexanders, the JC Horns, the Jalen Ramseys, guys that can literally line up against any different type of receiver, the whether it's a quick shifty guy in the slot, whether it's a tall boundary receiver, those guys that can be mismatched weapons for a defense. Do you feel like you can do some of that stuff to be able to line up outside nickel to line up all over the place? 100%. I did it actually last year in our uh, playoff semifinal game, played nickel, boundary, and field, and wherever uh, seven and the uh, other one, what was the number 13, I think, had to go. So that was a fun game. And I like playing, you know, off because getting that experience is something that you just, it, it can only make you better. Are, are you a fan of the nickel position? I know some people have a love hate relationship with it. Um, I like playing nickel sometimes. It just depends, I guess, who you're going against. You know, when you're going against a 4-2-4, low 4-3 guy, it's harder to play in the nickel. But I I, I found it pretty – if you're patient enough, I I think boundary corner is harder. Yeah. Oh, really? You think it's harder? I do. I think it's harder to play press one yard because that leaves more less room for mistakes than it does playing three and a half, four yards off. You know what I mean? Four yes. yards off, you know, you bite a little bit, you might be able to come back. You know, you bite on some a yard off, you're not coming back. It's just, that's that's true. It, it just won't happen. Oh, man, the worst is the guys that are exclusively press man corners and you miss a jam at the line of scrimmage, it is recovery mode, man, and it is not a fun time to be able to not play all. recovery all the time. So I, I get that. So for my first member of Mount Rushmore, this one, it, this was a guy that – isn't that old and like not really a guy that I grew up with necessarily. This was more a guy in my late teens and twenties that I gravitated towards. That was Luke Keekley. I absolutely adored oh, wow. Luke. Man. He was Carson. That was my guy, man. Cause I played linebacker and I remember seeing him at Boston college for the first time. Cause for people that don't remember Boston college had an all American linebacker before Luke Keekley. His name was Mark Herslick. Mark Herslick had cancer and missed the full season. I remember and people were like, how are they going to replace Mark Herslick? How are they going to replace Mark Herslick? And then freshman Luke Keekley was the answer of how they replaced Mark Herslick. Since he was a freshman at Boston College, man, I have gravitated towards Luke. Because I, I just – I love the cerebral qualities of him. He sees the game at such an advanced level. And he also – you know, it doesn't hurt being 6'3", 240, and running 4'5", Like, it doesn't right. hurt either. But that was my guy, man. That was absolutely my guy growing up. I love Luke. He's a baller. Yeah. Oh man, he I, I'm I'm still so sad that the 
concussions caught up to him because I really think that he could have been in the greatest Top line ever of all time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he could have been in that conversation. 100%. The concussions, man. I remember when he had to retire. That was terrible. Yeah, man. He retired when he was 29, I think. Very young. Like, like, it was young. Him and Andrew Luck were both guys that were lost way too early due to injuries. So, that's still my guy. Number two for you would be? Deion Sanders. Okay. It's a a classic one for a corner. Why Deion? Uh, Trash talker. Best. They say to go. I'm still iffy, but he is. I guess the greatest of that generation. Sure. So he he set he set the standard for corners. I can say that he definitely uh, set the way people look at DBs to a much higher pedestal than what it was. And now you know, not only is it the hardest position on the field, but now one of the most paid. So it's true. I, greatest story of all time, or one of them, is when Dion was at the combine and he ran something really fast in the forty, and he just kept running out of the tunnel. Man, like he didn't stop. He was. And oh, they, yeah. Apparently, they picked him up in the limo, and he was gone. He was gone after that. What What are your thoughts? Uh, kind of side note. What are your thoughts about what Dion's building out in Boulder, Colorado? Are you a fan of what he's doing out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, the only thing I'm not a fan of is everything being posted on social media. I think some stuff you should have just with your team to build that bond and, you know, not let people know, like, what you're doing at all times. Because, sure. you know, just work in silence and the outcome will be strong. You, you see what I'm saying? So I just think I, I like what he's doing with the program. He's changed. He's definitely making it a really good upcoming program. I'm just not too much a, a fan of the – you know, I'm going to give my team a motivational speech every day and we're going to post yeah. it on social media. You know, I love yeah. Dion. I know, you know, he's a trash talker. He's a, you know, a talky guy. But, you know, how can you ever have a real chemistry with your team when not only your team can see what you're doing, but millions and, you know, thousands of people that watch all the videos can see it too. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's so tough because I agree with you, actually. I 100% agree with you because I'm a big fan of, the best coaches I ever had, they didn't talk a lot, but when they did, it, it was it mattered, right? Like you were just locked in, like, yes, this guy's talking. I need to listen. Right. I, I think that some of that stuff is just trying to gain publicity to the program, which like it's cool and all, but also I agree with you that it's like there is a point where it's too much, right? right. Like really back I think that's where it's getting just everyday posting is a little too much for me, but it ain't my program you know i'm I, I do support Dion, and i think colorado is definitely um should be on the come up i think so too i think so too and i and i do remember a time where colorado was a very good college football program so hopefully it gets back to that point yep. number two for me probably a guy you remember hopefully i hope hopefully i'm not i hopefully i'm not this old or whatever but jared allen defensive ends play with the kansas city chiefs and the minnesota vikings i think he ended his career with right around 140 sacks he's gonna be yeah man he i think it was like 136 sacks in his career or something like that like he was crazy story carson third round pick 6'6 265 pounds he went to idaho he was one of or idaho state one of those small smaller idaho schools so he was a very underrated fcs pass rusher coming out of out of college and developed into one of the best pass rushers that we have ever seen. And I, I just loved his style, man. Because, like, I played linebacker, but I also played on live scrimmage a little bit and rushed the passer at times, right? And, like, I just loved his style. You know, he had, like, the mullet and he had, like, the headband. And I just thought he was cool, you know? Like, right. that was just one of my guys. So, um, yeah. So, Jared Allen, number two for me. Number I three like for you. 
Marshawn Lynch. Okay, we'll be I, would, I, would, I, I still am a Seahawks fan, so I okay. would go with Lynch just because. Oh, actually, I'm gonna take Lynch back. I want Cam Chancellor. Okay. I want Cam Chancellor. So that that I I really used to watch this highlight reel before every single game I played in the seventh and eighth grade. So I was watching all of his stuff every single week just to get me prepared. Like seeing the way he used to hit and obliterate people used to just make me want to run through a brick wall before the game even started. That's a great one because I, I remember Cam when he was at Virginia Tech and he was like – he was – you always wondered like how good he would be in pass coverage, but then he, he figured it out, right? It's like man-on-man against some tight ends and just use your physicality, and he was the one of the best hitters I've ever seen. Like he was yep. just absolutely crazy. What? You, know what's, you know what's nuts is as a corner – you probably could have picked three different guys in that Seattle secondary, you know, like Earl Thomas, Earl Richard Sherman. Yeah, man. Cam is a good one, though. What was his name? Bam Bam, right? They used to call him. He was a yep, Bam Bam. He was a dog, man. He was a dog. So I, I respect that one. I really do. I know Brian Driscoll, that's the uh, owner and publisher of Irish Breakdown, will like that one, too, because he's a big Steve Atwater fan back in the day. And I feel like oh, Steve yeah. Atwater and Cam are very similar players with how they yep. played. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who's your third? My third. This one's coming back to my childhood here. I grew up a St. Louis, uh, well, now Los Angeles Rams fan. I was a St. Louis Rams fan when I was younger, though. So quick story. My dad's a Dolphins fan. My mom was a Rams fan. So I had the choice. I didn't have a choice to be a Notre Dame fan. I was just a Notre Dame fan. Like, that was the only choice I had. I did have a choice of NFL teams, though. I gravitated towards, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, the Rams were the greatest show on turf, and Marshall Falk, it was oh, my yeah. dude, man. My dude. I remember his 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 um his little saying was um forget the big red S Superman wears a two and eight on his chest. I remember that one to this day, man. Marshall was the only the second running back ever to have a thousand yards rushing and receiving in the same yep. year, and he almost did it twice. <laughs> like he was just he was dominant, man. Absolutely dominant. And then my last one, I'm gonna go with just obviously Cam Newton. I played for okay. several thirteen for a couple of weeks, and not only that, but his, his swag and his man, it was always I loved it. I've always loved watching Cam Newton. So I have to ask you because he's a very swaggy guy. Do you like all of the uh, all of the outfits that he wears? Because some of them I think OD a little bit, but that's just my opinion. Oh, uh, he can have <laughs> trip sometimes. But sometimes yeah. he'll drown bad. Sometimes I'll be very confused of what that one is. But, you know, it's Cam. What What was it like being around Cam from a personal perspective? I've heard he's a great dude, you know, out of the spotlight. 
motivator yeah. and also he'll be real with you. Like, hey, like, that was trash. Come on. We need to step up. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, man, you need those guys. You need yeah, those guys. Sure. I used to I used to hate the coaches that would just – everything was good all the time. It's like, no, right. everything isn't good all the time. Like, tell me when it's not good. So Literally. seems like an interesting cat, though, to get to know off the field. And he was – for a couple years there, man, he was – about as dynamic of a quarterback as we've ever seen in, in ever. the NFL. Yeah. Who's your His four? one year. Are you old enough to remember him at Auburn, or you just remember him with Carolina? No, yeah. I remember when he won the chip. Yeah. Oh, man. That year was one of the craziest years I've ever seen. That was the greatest season of all time. That was think the greatest so? That was, I think that was the greatest Heisman ever. I think so. I think it was way better than Joe Burrow. I think that, that Heisman was either up there. And this is because I'm new. Yeah. I, I thought Devontae Smith had just – I thought he had the greatest wide receiver hybrid. That that 2020 season was nuts for Devontae. You know what was crazy was Jalen Waddle was actually the leading receiver. Then he got hurt, and then Devontae just went off the rest of the year. So. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I think if he would have been able to play the whole season, the way, like, you know what I mean, and not having Waddle even there at all, I, yeah. I think he had the greatest wide receiver season of all time. That's, that's my final opinion on that. It, it's, it's one of them. I mean, I, I'm thinking back to, like – I remember Justin Blackman was incredible for Oklahoma State for a couple years. Like, there's been some guys, but, yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal that year. I mean, right. <laughs> wide receivers don't win the Heisman very often. So, to your point, it's a great accomplishment. Let's pivot now into a little bit of, I guess we'll call it Carson 101 here a little bit. You know, we'll talk about the arts of playing defensive back. Because that's what it is at this point. Because we see now – there's so many different coverages or combination of coverages now. And also with the match, with the match coverages that we see nowadays, zone can turn into man very quickly. So we're going to keep this on a very like on a very like broad level, right? So I want to talk about your approach when you're playing man versus zone. So let's say you're in a cover zero, cover one, whatever, right? We're talking about a two two man, whatever it is. When you're approaching the line of scrimmage, when you're about to get into your stance, let's say you're in off coverage first before before press. Yep. What are you looking at? What's going through your mind? Um, so it depends what size the ball in. I'll start off always by getting my right leverage. And when I get down on my stance, I try to look like right here because I realize that people say always look at the hips. I, I look at the hips as the route goes on because as we get closer, I start lowering my eyes and my body stays low and gets to the hip. But off the beginning, I realized that whatever way you decide to do this, your body can't come back here unless this comes back here. So when I jam you up here and you try to go there, and you can't go there no more. You're stuck in this position. So I realized that when I started paying attention to the numbers and moving where they move and move where they move and touching them right in the center of their chest, my hand would be able to stay there for a minute until they decided to move it off. And then that started to be able to give me some advantage because – I was basically running the route while they were trying to run at me. I was running their own route for them. Sure. So that that that's I love playing like that. And then if I'm in zone, mm-hmm. I try to. It depends how many people are on my side. So if it's just single receiver, I'll play outside leverage and actually man him up until okay. he goes inside to a very shallow shallow point. I'll wait to see if something else comes over top. And this way, if it's two, I'll line up inside of one right here. And then I'll be up here, and then two will be down there with the one. And then I'll split them and divide, whether they both go seams out of bottom or something like that. And then 
on my there's three i play a little inside of the the one and then yeah. two and three i know i can catch up usually three is not going to run anything in my zone because i'm playing the boundary so it yeah. really i mean three is probably gonna run like a you know a little whatever uh swing or something like that maybe a screen pass i don't know but they never really have ran anything out the back something to the flat usually something right. like breaking yeah. yeah yeah so so the reason that you're so we'll talk about cover three for a second just so people kind of understand so you're playing inside leverage because you're using the sideline as an extra defender right like 100 right yeah. so i got i'm inside of one so if one wants to run the fade i'm gonna widen him out as soon as he starts running up that you know that line and then try yep. to get them to the sideline. And then also you got to be able to, you know, get the two quick enough if they try to run that quick scene to the hash mark. Yes. Yeah. So you're kind of splitting a little bit, but you're also using the the sideline as an extra defender, obviously, there. Let me ask you, I, I think I know the answer to this one. I don't think this is going to be a hard answer. But if you had the option to play majority zone or majority man, what, what, was, your, what man. was your preference? Man. Because it's so much harder. And that's where the money's at. It is. It's not only that's where the money's at, but that's where the fun's at. Everybody can sit there seven yards off and just, you know, let somebody come with their zone and cover it because nobody's going to throw it. But a man, you are tested every play for your discipline and you get paid for with your eyes and you get rewarded with your footwork. But you also get, you know, sometimes the opposite. You sometimes yeah. don't, don't get rewarded and you don't win. But I think that's the most fun part about it. Having the ups and downs and having the adversity makes makes the best corners the best corners. Who can come back? So funny story, quick story about the man versus zone corner stuff. So my roots are in the NFL draft industry. I remember I was talking with a college defensive back coach, a secondary coach. Right. And he had a corner. It was Division Two. He had a corner that was getting a lot of NFL looks named Junior Falk. He was a really good football player out of Delta State. And – I remember I hadn't seen film on him, so I asked the coach because I knew scouts were coming in there all the time. I asked the coach, "What kind of corner is he? You know, is he like to play man? Is he is he zone? Like whatever?" And the guy and the coach just laughed at me, and he was like, "No scout is coming to see a zone corner. Nope. Everybody wants a man corner." So yep. To your point, to your point, because you're not wrong. I mean, the biggest indictment in the NFL draft industry, I can say this for a fact is when you say that corner fits best as a cover two zone corner. It's That's like, not good hey, because everybody, everybody can, can do that. that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> can, but no, not a lot of people can play man. You be you able to press the best shoes in the NFL, you see them guys getting paid. Yeah. Well, last, last part of this that I wanted to check up on and curious about. So I know you like to press a lot. You like to get in press, man. You like to get in guys' grills. Talk to me because I think people just talk about the hands, right, jamming. How important is the eyes and the feet in press coverage? Oh, well, if your hands move before your feet, you're already lost. So, you know, you got to activate your feet first, and you got to wait for them to get done with the dance. Thick, you know, sometimes even as soon as the play, they say, hike, I'll give me a quick stick in, just throw them off a little bit. And this is so much you can do with it. I, I, I just like to switch it up because, obviously, you're repetitive on film and you get repetitive in the game. People know what you yep. do. So you never – I try to always make it seem like I might jam you before the play even starts. I line up like I'm about to jam you. Then, boom, off the line, you know, I've seen it a bunch of times. You know, some people get false starts. Some people come off hesitating, wondering what I'm going to do, getting ready to waste some time. The goal is to knock the receiver off of their route and waste as much time as possible so that way the quarterback can look them off or he'll throw you a pick. 
It's very, that's a very good uh, deep dive there, especially, and we'll, we'll get more in depth about maybe more specifically into some coverages in the future. Right. But I really think, guys, if I hope you all like that out there because I think that's a lot of great stuff. Cars, before we wrap up, random topic of the week. Anything on your minds? What do you want to talk about to end this podcast? Oh yeah, what brand did you want Notre Dame to partner with? Oh man, I have so many mixed feelings. I um, I just don't want it to be Under Armour, to be honest. Oh, no. Like that's 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 all I'm at right now. I mean, I know that there's a lot of pushback against Nike. I do think Nike makes some great stuff. I Jordan would be interesting. I, I've seen the Jordan stuff kind of thrown out there a little bit. Like that That'd would be, be super interesting to me, but. As long as it's not Under Armour, honestly, I'll be okay. Do you have Do you have a preference, Jordan? I think Jordan, Jordan cleats and everything would be amazing. Yeah, you know what? You know what's interesting is there's some rumors, and we talked about this on the show before, that there might be a a make a, a deal with the jerseys and the pants. Someone proposed this that you make a deal that with the with the outfitter for the jerseys and the pants, and then players can do their own shoe deals so that they can mix and match brands if they feel like it. And then they could profit off of the shoe deals, which is kind of interesting. That would be interesting. It would just look a little off having a Adidas shoe brand with all George or all Nike. Well, it's true. And I remember uh, I I was, I was a, I mixed brands sometimes, honestly, George, uh, uh, Carson, when I I grew up, I'm probably, I'm wearing Lululemon, Under Armour, (laughs) Nike. So, I used to get made fun of so bad, man. People would be like, you can't mix brands, man. If it ain't checked, it ain't correct. So I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. But that's right. kind of where we are, though. Interesting, though. And I feel like as – because obviously Notre Dame has a big decision to be made with that moving forward here as well as the TV contract that will be coming up. So we'll definitely hit on some of that in the future. Carson, I ask you to do this at the end of every podcast. For the people out there listening, they, they should have done this already. But if they haven't, social media tags, man. Where are you going? Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is just Carson Hobbs. See the bottom part of the corner. That's my Instagram handle. That right, exactly right there. And then my Twitter handle is just Carson Hobbs one. That's it. So go make sure you follow Carson on both Instagram and Twitter right now. Irish Breakdown Nation. If you haven't before, this is Carson's corner. Carson, thank you so much, man. I know it's a busy times again. We're making this work though, man. And I love this segment each and every week. Make sure to like. Subscribe to the podcast, hit that notification bell. And also, if you love Carson's Corner, make sure to go to on, on Apple Podcasts or any of your famous podca- favorite podcast platforms and give us a little review. We would very much appreciate it. You can also hit us up on Twitter if you love it as well. Thank you all so much again. Brought to you by Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is this week's edition of Carson's Corner. Peace.